1: here, and Brett's working still, Carl's having surgery, so me, the one that doesn't like to talk, is here leading with JR, and we've got Mike, and I'm going to let Mike introduce himself, because I'm not Hey, what's up, prepared. guys?
2: Uh, so first and foremost, I do want to thank you guys for the opportunity of coming on uh, Revolutionary Live. Um, these platforms are very important, especially for us out there that are recovering out loud, so those in, uh, you know don't die in silence. But I do believe our stories are our weapons of mass destruction against the disease. So like that, this is the only disease that you treat by talking about it, anyway. So like these platforms allow us the opportunity to talk about it, and it's the only way I learned how to quiet. That noise out of my head that used to be so loud is way getting loud out of my mouth. So I do want to thank you guys for having me on the show.
3: Glad thank to have you, man. you, buddy. I'm excited for tonight, man. Let's uh, let's get it started up, man. So uh, tell us about uh, what you're doing now. From New York to California, living
2: the life. Living living that Cali app, life. Man,
3: the silver <laughs> app. I see the tattoo on the bicep.
2: Yep, yep. The silver. So this way you can, you know, there. I literally wear my heart on my sleeve. You know what I'm saying? Cause the sober app and then you got inspired to inspire right there. But um, yeah, so for those who don't know, my name is Michael Fiore. I am CEO and founder of Inspire to Inspire as well as partners with the sober app. Um, I guess qualification purposes real quick. Uh, dad was a heroin addict, shared needles, got HIV, died of AIDS in 09. Um, my mother contracted the virus from him. Addict growing up, you know, like on and off. But then once dad passed away, she started to go through cancers and, you know, she became addicted to the pills from there. Um, fast forward to now. I'm not someone really that talks about the past and the war stories. I lost game over, you know, um, it's more for lessons than it is. I'm more of a person that lives in the now moment and how I got to where I am today and stuff like that and how today is doing for me. But, um, I was as high as 140 milligrams of methadone at one point, uh, over the last 12 years. I did detox inside a treatment facility in New York city on um, seven months ago today. I actually detox off of methadone. Um, one of the hardest things ever in New York, we call it liquid handcuffs, you know, and the dose I was on was a high dose, but, um, Living in treatment this time around because it's not my first rodeo. A lot of things started to change. In order to have something you never had you had to do things you never done right so this time around in treatment I really didn't uh, go there to make friends I wasn't sitting at tables with people that were talking about other people because if people are talking about other people to you just know they're probably talking about you to other people you know so um, I didn't engage in conversations that weren't going to be where I want to be in life I got around people that were doing better than me rather than an act of addiction when I was around people doing worse than me because it made me feel better about where I wasn't in that moment, you know? So like they say you're the average of the five people that are closest to you. So one thing I didn't do though, um, just like people, I had to change the five feelings, so to say, that were my closest to me. And what that was was complaining and confusion were my best friends. So I, I ended that friendship with them. You know, misery was my motivation. You know what I'm saying? So I learned how to love myself. Love is not a feeling, love is an action, in my opinion. It's doing things despite how you feel. Um, you know, like, uh, ego was my illusion. The only way to kill the ego is to suffer. So I I sat in my pain. I sat, I sat in things while I was in treatment. And then pride was my, uh, you know, illusion. You know what I'm saying? Like, destruction on me because I always thought I could get off this at any time. So while in treatment, um, I started doing research on myself. You know, like when you first meet somebody, you ask them questions, right? So I, I stopped asking why and I started asking how. What I mean is I stopped asking, why is my life so shitty? And I started asking, how did my life get so shitty? When I asked that word, how it gave me a blueprint of actions it took to get my life to where it was at that moment. When I would ask myself, why is my life so shitty? Um, The shame, the disappointment, all that kind of stuff would come in and that's never going to propel us. You know what I'm saying? Like in treatment, I learned what motivation was, right? For me personally, this is the process it takes to get motivation. This is how I was able to get motivation in my life, right? First, it's self-discipline, right? The self-discipline and then leads to you having good habits, right? The good habits and then lead to consistency. Your consistency... Be- Continue doing what it is that your habits are, right? And then after consistency comes progress, right? After progress comes happiness. It's the only thing, in my opinion, that brings sustainable happiness is progress. Right. No no matter how slow it is, if anything, we should want to slow our our success down because the purpose of time is so we don't do everything at once anyway. Right. So like if you could slow your success down and not want to get it all in one day, you'll be able to sustain happiness throughout your life. And then after the happiness comes the motivation, my opinion, because I don't know about you guys, but I was never motivated unless I was happy you know what I'm saying so like in treatment I go to university of google and I go to university of youtube you know what I'm saying like anything that I don't know I either youtube it or I google it like that's what it's you know that's what it's there for so I started googling how to deal with cravings, and I learned about the 3ds you delay you distract and then you decide you know what I'm saying like you first you delay yourself 5-10 minutes don't pick up the drug put a time or look at the clock after that 10 minutes distract yourself for 10 minutes me personally I'm a big advocate for journaling You know what I'm saying? Because in life, we have to get subconsciously conscious, right? So what is your subconscious? Your subconscious is what fuels your actions and your feelings. What's consciousness? Consciousness is just that we're awake and we're uh, aware of our surroundings. So we need to become awake and around of our surroundings that's causing our feelings and our emotions. You know what I'm saying? So the best way that was for me was journaling because journaling is the only way to get your subconscious to come out to play because our conscious mind is kind of like tunnel vision. It's only focused on what what's going on around us our subconscious is like our peripheral right it's what's going on around us there's been a lot of things that's been going on around us in our lives that we're not picking up but they're in there and i'll give you an example if you ever wrote a journal you ever write something and reread it and be like yo that doesn't even sound like me because there's stuff that's inside of your head that needs to come out and the only way it gets to come out is do journaling but pain Pain is the only way the body can release what it's going through. So also going through this process while living in treatment, um, I learned the appreciation of everything. When I lost my mother on Thanksgiving, I was three weeks drug-free. At this moment, at that moment, I was already not sleeping for two months. And when I say not sleeping, if you're an addict, you know that withdrawal sleep. You go from the couch to the kitchen to the bed to the bathroom. You're always moving your spot. You don't know if you're sleeping five minutes or five hours. It's never a... A deep sleep, you know, you're waking up with anxiety, even though I still do today, but it's gotten better. But when I lost my mother on Thanksgiving, you would think that would have took me back to the dark side. But something happened with inside of me. And this is where, for me... Your higher power, whatever it needs to be, you need it, right? Spirituality is the only way to have longevity on this on this journey, right? For me, it's God, right? But what is spirituality if you're early in recovery and you're watching this? Because the whole higher power thing for me early in recovery was like miss me with that bullshit because the drugs and the drinking was a higher power than me. And I gave my power to that and look how it fucked my life up. But this was my thinking early in recovery because we're not fully surrendering yet, right? So spirituality is your relationship with reality. Like, how are you looking at the things that are going on around you, right? Are they happening to you or are they happening for you? So now my mother passing, God removing her from my life was a blessing. And I say it and people think I'm crazy, but it was a blessing because my mother was dying of age. So the quality of life was that not if one should endure. And I think sometimes with our family members, we don't want to lose them in fear of how it's going to make us feel when we're not thinking about the pain that they might be in at that moment. So when I lost my mother, a lot of my perspective changed because our perspective equals our potential. How you see anything is going to be how you see everything at the end of the day. So my perspective changed from things happening to me to things happening for me because mom was my plan B. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to pay rent. I got to live with mom. I didn't have money I could go to mom and get pills or get money from. I'm. I manipulated my mother's love for my father, who was an addict because she understood the disease. I manipulated that love so she could get me what I needed. Mama, go rob somebody. Mama, go get arrested. Like I put her in a real uncomfortable situation. You know, no no place a child should put their mother. And I don't blame her for doing what she did. But the, the enabling was on me. It's not on her. Like we need to start taking responsibilities for the actions that we take. No more playing victim for choices that we make, right? So removing the plan A, B. Now I have to go hard on plan A. When you have a plan B, I don't think we go that hard on plan A because we have a fallback. Like I don't. It's either it was either I was gonna do drugs and die doing that, compared to recovery is I'm either gonna set out and accomplish my goals and live my dreams, or I'm a fucking die trying. That's the difference between because the one thing that they say is you got to change is everything. I don't agree with that. And remember, my recovery kill you and your recovery killed me. But like, I don't agree with it because I don't want to change everything. That's too much work for me early in recovery. I don't want the, the only thing we need to change is our perspective. Right. The word I can't is a prison we'll always live in. I don't know about you, but everything I said I couldn't do, I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? The word I won't, I won't even try it. So I don't know about you. Have you ever said I won't to something and actually did it? Probably not, right? So I can is your passport to success. That'll make you go do the things you need to do. I will uh, be us being able to know that life is all about growth. Like life's a journey. You know what I'm saying? That means that we'll accept when things happen to us because I don't see failure as a real thing in life today. The only way I fail is if I quit. So like, even if you're getting up and you're trying, you're getting high five times a day, but today you got high four, you succeeded. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to make this quantum leap in recovery where one day it's going to be shitty and the next day it's going to be peaches and cream because it didn't happen like that overnight, though. Like everything is a process. So now me knowing that this is a journey is better than a destination. Because when something's a destination like your house, when you get home, what happens? You get comfortable, you get complacent, you're home, you arrived. For me, recovery used to be a destination a job, a girlfriend, money in my pocket, an apartment, whatever it was, I needed that to give me value. Cause I never seen value with inside myself. I seen value in everything else. So my identity was always attached to things outside of myself. And that's what our addiction wants us to do. Like our addiction knows us better than we know ourselves. That's why I don't even know how we could be cynical to ourselves. We don't even know ourselves good enough to actually be cynical at the end of the day. Right? So my addiction wants me to chase things, right? It wants me to chase perfection. Perfection is another illusion, right? Perfection has a set value. And I'll show you why having flaws and having something wrong with you is worth more than being perfect right there's a 1922 penny worth a thousand dollars because it has a floor in it all right make a penny to perfection how much is that penny worth a fucking penny you know what i'm saying so perfection has a set value now i'm not striving for perfection uh les brown great motivational speaker one of my idols right he says what does practice make and everyone says perfection he says no practice makes improvement You know what I'm saying? And that's what it is. It's every day. We want to get a little bit. I'm not in competition. I don't want to be the best motivational speaker in the world. I want to be the best motivational speaker that I can be because if I'm the best, that means I'm in competition with people. If I'm in competition with people, how are people going to be able to help me? You know what I'm saying? They say we always got to outwork the next man. No, you don't. You got to outwork who you were yesterday. That's all you got to do. Be in competition with who you were yesterday because trying to outwork the next man or the next woman in order for you to be the best, that means everyone else has to like fail at what they're trying to succeed on. I want to help people reach their dreams. I don't want to be somebody that's there and you're here. No, I'm never going to be here and you're never always going to be here. Just like our addiction is always going to be next to us. No matter how much success we have in recovery, it doesn't fall behind. It stays right next to us nitpicking. If you're having success, it's going to make you think you're not having enough success. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't take advice from my doubt no more. Like I, that was like my confidant doubt. I can't do it. I won't do it. You know what I'm saying? That's a fixed mindset. Like our addiction is a trickster. That's all it is. It's a magician. Go to the circus. And so they saw that box in here. You're not entertained. Why? Because you know, there's two people in the box. Therefore the trick has no more value. How does your addiction trick you? How does your addiction speak to you in your own voice? You know what I'm saying? Like, we know how to do this, but like JR was saying, connections is the opposite of addiction because it's not what we know, it's who we know. And that goes for everything in life. We know how to do this, but until you get with people that are walking it and living it, where they're trustworthy people, not people we trust because we can make bad decisions on people, trustworthy people, meaning that their audio matches their video. What they're saying is what they're doing. It's not a Bruce Lee flick where their mouth is moving this and there's words coming out a different direction you know what i'm saying like you want to get around people that are doing better than you need three different types of people in your life you need people that are further down the road than you that could teach you about the struggle therefore you're always learning that life right then you also give those same people an opportunity to give you what they got so you're giving them purpose you're giving them value right then you need people that are here with you that are walking this struggle with you the same where you're walking as far as early in recovery, wherever you are in your recovery. So then this way you could help each other in, uh, in the form of support. But then you need people that are further down the line than you, that you can then give what you got. Because when you give something, you've earned to somebody and help their life, you get the appreciation for the journey it took to get there. And then what does that do for you? That gives you value. That gives you, we all wanted value. That's why we did drugs. It it put us in a clique of people that we, we were able to hang out with. You know what I'm saying? The drugs allowed me to build. Build an ego my biggest perception was my biggest struggle was perception i didn't have a bad childhood even though i lived in a home you know like my parents weren't at football games baseball games graduate but they were present in the home you know what i'm saying like there was no child abuse you know, there was christmases that, i didn't live in a junkie household so to say right but that was all they did that was their best that was all they could do but my thing was perception validation i didn't get validation as a kid right so my first we're not addicts because we use drugs we use drugs because we're addicts addiction the drugs are just a form of addiction we chose there's many forms there's gambling there's sex there's internet there's shopping there's so many forms of addiction that i think we separate each other from each and we shouldn't because we're all fighting the same war at the end of the day so what are mercenaries Mercenaries are hired to fight other people's war, right? And what do they pay with? They're paid with money, right? Well, we could pay each other with a form of currency that's called experiences, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm an addict, I could easily substitute. I could go from drugs to shopping. I could go from drugs to gambling. I go from drugs to the internet. But if I have people in my life that been through that hell and that addiction, they'll be able to point out early signs to me. They'll be able to walk me through the process. So, But we don't see the interconnectedness between each other. Why? I don't know. Because our addiction is not racist. It doesn't discriminate. I don't care what sexual orientation you are. I don't care what kids you have. I don't care about your job. I don't give a fuck about you. wants to take your life so it can't stop there so it can fuck your family's life up. But yet we don't let people in our lives because they don't look like us they don't talk like us when in reality we're all created to help each other on our journeys and that's why the name of my company is inspired to inspire we all have something inside of us that could help somebody on their journey and the more people you help on their journey they are now inspired to help the person on their next journey and the next journey and then the people that are out here that god created to help you on your journey will find you but you don't get things until you give them first You don't get love until you start giving love. You don't get trust until you start giving trust. But our struggle gets admired, though, once we overcome it, right? Because our story is lying what we overcome, not what we've done. My opinion, who we are and what we do are two different things. You know what I'm saying? If I got caught up on all the dirt I did, I was, excuse the language, I was a fucked up, I was the type of addict that will steal your money and help you look for it. That's the type of person I was. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I was that person one day and I could change and become the person I am today, that means that that doesn't make me who I am. It's just something that I did. You know what I'm saying? Because if that made me who I was, I wouldn't be who I was today. You know what I'm saying? And our addiction, going back to it being a trickster, right? Our addiction takes our best qualities, things that we need in recovery. We've been using in active addiction, right? Transferable skills, they're called, right? Grit. Grit is doing something you don't want to do. We didn't want to run our lives into the ground. We need grit and recovery because we're not always going to want to do recovery, right? Motivation. When I woke up with no money, I got drugs that day and not just a little bit. I got hundreds of dollars worth of drugs that day. We need motivation and recovery, right? Determination. My first drug dealer didn't pick up. I kept calling until I got my drug dealer. We need determination and recovery, right? Critical thinking. I knew whose bags I could skimp, I knew what blocks I couldn't walk down because I owed people money. I was real strategic as an addict. I'd get a job and have another job interview set up two weeks later because I knew I was going to get a paycheck, get high, and not go to work that weekend and get fired. I was real just tr- tr- uh, strategic. And then courage. We don't think we have courage. We have a hell of a courage. What do you think it takes to put a drug in your body knowing it could kill you? What's the definition of courage? Doing something knowing what the end result could be. So we did drugs knowing it could kill us. It takes courage. Our addiction just makes us think that. It's not like that. Our addiction needs us. We don't need it. It needs us to pick up. It needs us to use it. It needs us to rob for it. It needs us to steal for it. It needs us to be dishonest for it. And what do you get back in the end? We get back. Nothing. Uh, Not nothing. Let me take that back. I got 20 years of experiences that now I look at as blessings and I'm grateful for because I'm grateful to be an addict today. You know what I'm saying? I get to meet guys like you. I get to you know what I'm saying? I'm living in California. My addiction was the reason I could never move to California. I've always wanted to live here. But my addiction is also the reason why I got to move out to California because the perspective changed. I stopped looking at everything that holding me back and I find a way to make you move forward because think of your brain like a, a battery on a car right what does a battery on a car have a positive and a negative charge right those two charges have to work together for what for it to cause electricity so what so the car could run all right so now you, let's use the analogy for the brain right if you have positive thoughts and you make them negative your brain's going to make you move backward. that's the electricity it's going to give your body right if you make negative thoughts into positive that electricity that goes inside your brain will make you move forward so the all at the end of the day like the only thing that's holding us back is us like we're the problem we're also the solution just like the drugs used to be the solution to a problem problem is it should just stop working after a while right so if getting high was the answer then what's the question you guys got a question that we're getting high could be the answer
1: no but i want to break down some of what you said all right go ahead Uh, so first
2: sorry i'm a new yorker once i start going i told you 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 you're
1: You're good but i want to break down so first you know we talk about what's recovery and i didn't you talked, you said not perfection yes i didn't hear you say anything about your anti-perfection you talked about progress you talked about Learning from your experiences, trying to be better each day, trying to help another person, trying to help yourself, trying to better. you talked about a lot of progress. Mm-hmm. There was no perfection. So when we talk about recovery, you know, I say it all the time. Sam said defines recovery as a process.
2: I a journey. I define it as sorry, I defined it as a mindset and a lifestyle. Because it has nothing to do with the drugs. You know how many times I removed the drugs out of my life and my life still was horrible? I was still robbing. I couldn't hold a relationship. I couldn't pay bills. So like the drugs aren't the issue. It's the mindset. It's the lifestyle. It's like for me, it was really just the whole perspective of things. Right. And like you said, it's progress, but like what, what's determining your progress though? You know what I'm saying? Because we can't be the ones determining our own progress, because we're never going to be able to be more successful enough to be happy with ourselves. It's just not human nature. We always want more, right? We're never satisfied. So, like for me, the, 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 my success is determined on going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm, like Winston Churchill said, right? Because I have an ego, right? And my ego is a downfall. Success is a trigger for me, right? So I had to find humility and success so I don't get an ego from it because my recovery identity has nothing to do with the amount of days I have clean. Right. Because that's a dangerous slope for me, because if I focus on my clean time, I'm gonna come to a day where I don't want to do the work. My ego is going to start chirping in my ear. Well, you don't got to do the work today. Look at all the clean time you already got. Right. And then pride's going to come in because he's best friends with ego and pride's going to come and be like, well, you don't got to do the work today. You could do it tomorrow. Right. So like for me, I'm on day one every day. I wake up every day. I wake up. I'm on day one. I'm a beginner. You know what I'm saying? Or I just don't make the same mistakes I made in the past. That's it. That's it. I just focus on the I don't change is inevitable. Right. So for me, recovery, what is recovery? Recovery is understanding. Right. We say in prayer, serenity, Accept prayer, the things we cannot change. Right. So the things that we cannot change are inevitable. How could we make them beneficial? Right. So change. Stop trying to change your past and make change build for the future. Sounds sexier that way to me. But if you want to change your past, understand tomorrow, today becomes the past. So you make today better. You start making your past better. You make today better. Tomorrow starts looking more promising. I used to hate what the word tomorrow represented. Another day of pain, suffering. I did drugs so I would sleep. You want to know why? Because my nightmares was better than the life I was living. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's where my life got to one point. But another one, pain. Pain is inevitable. Stop trying to change pain and use pain for your success. Right. Because there's two things that could happen when you encounter pain. You get wounded by it or you get you know, wiser by it. The choice is ours, though, right? So if you're going to go through pain, you might as well get paid for it. Why are you getting wounded by it? Become wiser by it because pain is the body's way to grow. If you don't go through pain, you're never going to know what joy is. How would you know what joy is if you didn't experience pain? If it was happiness all the time, it wouldn't be called happiness because we wouldn't have anything to, to on a scale to show us what, what the difference was. Like This is not heaven. This, we're living on earth. Yeah. Not heaven. We get bits of heaven. Right. But it's not meant to be heaven. Like I'm a believer of God. Right. That's my higher. I believe he leaves the opportunity of evil in this world because he allows us the opportunity to help each other. We're just not stepping up to the plate and taking that opportunity off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not us to say why, not why did you take my mother God? You know what I'm saying? What can I learn from this experience to make myself better? So what I learned was I don't mourn my mother. I celebrate her. I celebrate her by how I live today. She walks me in my heart. Now I speak to her more now than I did when she was alive. She's more present in my thoughts and my life with her not being here. So you want to talk perspective, right? The woman that gave me life and birth pumped life right back into me in death. You know what I'm saying? Like I I refuse to give my mother's debt to the addiction. It's not getting this. It got everything else. My father, my youth, my college, motherfucker. I'm not gonna cry. It's not gonna get this. You know what I'm saying? So I get passionate. But like it's it's just not, I'm not gonna numb this pain. This is how I get to feel my mother though. When I cry, you know what I'm saying? Another great quote, I'm a quote person. Crying is like teardrops to the eyes so the soul can see a rainbow. Every time I cry, when I think about my mother, I get to see that I can love something in this world at a point where I didn't think I could love anything because I didn't have love inside of me. So therefore, I'm able to look back At a time that I thought I wasn't a loving person and see that I was because I am today, because I love everything I'm able to look back and see today. So like our addiction at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's a trickster. You know, like if you're fearing something, let me ask you, what do you fear? And I bet you're going to tell me something that either happened in the past or you think is going to happen in the future. I bet you it's not happening in this moment, though. So fear is an illusion. It's an illusion. Our addiction makes us create like it, it just knows how to fuck with our thoughts really well. That's all it is.
1: Well, I, I think you're right. You know, my shirt says faith over fear. Yes. Right. Um, uh, but the other thing that I picked up that you said earlier, and, you know, like a lot of people that watch know that I'm in business school. And a big thing, you know, businesses think they're in competition with each other. You think like Walmart and Target, like they're in, comp- and, you know, you said you're not in competition with anyone else. You're in competition with yourself. And like, I don't know if like anyone watches like, Simon Sinek and like the leadership. Oh, he's the man. Stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, we're not playing finite games. We're playing infinite games. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not like a finite thing. We want to be like, if you want your business to last, you want your life to be meaningful, you have to play infinite games. You're trying to better yourself. Your competitors make you better. Mm-hmm. So if you think everyone that you're in competition with is really like helping to make you better and make, your business better or your whatever you're trying to do better then you really don't have competition except for yourself and so i, like, I, I really liked that you said that because you know i believe the same thing and it, and it's not
2: something like i said i didn't get here overnight like i got here because i allowed people to help me right we all have potential right but what is potential potential means we haven't done nothing yet though You know what I'm saying? Like, potential put into action becomes talents, becomes passion. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I had to learn how to relearn how to live life. You know, like they say, once you know how to ride a bike, you can't unlearn it. No, like, I had to unlearn life and learn how to relearn how to live life. And that happened in treatment. You know what I'm saying? And, like, from living inside of treatment, like, I... I was able to accomplish a lot for myself. So now like I'm in the real world, like, like now it's my oyster because for me, I had to go to treatment. You know what I'm saying? I had to do the detox. I had to do it because I can't do it out on the street. Like stop lying to myself. What happens when we lie to people, they stop believing us, right? What do you think happens when we lie to ourselves? We stop believing ourselves. Uh, You know, like I'll do this on Monday, or I I won't get high at work, or I only spend half my paycheck, or I won't get high with my girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like we say these things knowing we're lying to us. So when it comes time to tell ourselves, I can, or I will, or I got this, we're not going to believe it. You know what I'm saying? Because self confidence is your reputation with yourself, right? So what's your reputation with yourself? So if you don't have self confidence, then there's something that you, you need to start getting around people that are self-confident and start asking questions though, you know, like, and you don't have to walk it the way they walk it. Cause I don't, I don't do the steps. I know the big books. I read them. I understand them. I know the steps on, I don't have a sponsor. I don't do the steps. You know what I'm saying? But that's just what works for me. And that's the beautiful thing about recovery. It's what you need to make it. AA and NA is not recovery law. You know what I'm saying? Like they work, they work for millions, but they also don't work for millions. You know, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just letting people know like a lot of people don't go to the rooms because if they hear things. And yeah, it's wicked. But you got to understand our addiction is everywhere. Not everyone in their rooms is there for the right reasons. A lot of the times when people hate on you, they see something inside of you they wish they could be. So if someone's hating on you, understand it's not you. Understand and have compassion because I used to be that person. They're dealing with something that they're actually hating on someone that's doing good. So there's a reason for that because they don't see it inside themselves what they see in you. So it's your duty to take that hit on the cheek. Let them you know, turn the other cheek. It's our duty to become compassionate when we get in recovery. Because then what's the point? The point is to get into the light, to go back in the darkness, to grab somebody else out. The point is not to get in the light and stay in the light. I don't want to get to the top of the mountain and be at the top of the mountain by myself. I want to get to the top of the mountain to see the view with all my peoples. And the top of that mountain becomes the bottom of a bigger mountain. And we just keep climbing. Because what else is there to do? Like, this is our moment in history. So let's make fucking history. You know what I'm saying? Let's come out of the woodwork. Let's show the world what an addict could do. They think about whatever they think about us is true to them. It don't have to be our truth no more. And if people's words are bothering you, understand it's not the words that are bothering you. It's your reaction to the words that are bothering you. So if someone's saying something negative to you and it's bothering you, maybe it's because you believe what they're saying. Why are you believing what they're saying? And the Bible says he without sin cast the first stone. Everyone out here is doing Everyone out here could be better than what they're doing. I don't care if you're Drake. I don't care if you got millions. I don't care if you're frigging Bill Gates. Everybody out here could be doing better than what they're doing. And that's the beauty of life. That's the beauty of the future, being unwritten. You know what I'm saying? It's not written. You can make it whatever you want it to be. You're the architect of the story you have and you always will be. You know what I'm saying? Because we didn't use against our will. Not in my opinion. We used because of our will. We took our will back from God. I got this. So me saying I used against my will would discourage me, making me think that I couldn't you, I couldn't stop because it was against my will. I didn't have the power to overcome my own will. How do you do that, right? And then if you don't make recovery a choice, the choice will never present itself. But once you make it a choice, you'll take a chance on recovery. When you take chance on recovery, then you'll get the change that comes from it. Because I, I compare recovery fate to Amazon, right? Amazon, you got to buy the products first, right? You don't get to try the clothing on. You don't get to see if your electronics work. You buy it and then you get the product. If you don't like the product, what you could do, you give it back. All right. Same thing with recovery and faith. You got to buy into it first. Then you get the product. If you don't like the product, the streets and the drugs ain't going nowhere to be there waiting for you. But you'll never know unless you actually try to stop waiting for tomorrow, though. You know what I'm saying? Because whatever you're doing today, you're going to be doing tomorrow. If you're in the bed today, you're going to be in the bed tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? If you're complaining today, you're going to complain tomorrow. What do you think it's going to change because it's tomorrow? No, no, no. tomorrow's going to keep repeating itself like groundhog's day, unless you make the change right here, right now. And the change could just be the door. Just give because that's when the resistance starts. Right. When you start succeeding, when you start winning at life, that's when the resistance comes. So once you get the door, your addiction is like, Oh shit. No. And it's going to come over time, but let it come over time. Cause we're not built for fucking easy. None of us are none of us addicts. There's nothing wrong with us addicts. If anything, we're the chosen ones. We could survive hell and make it out. You know what I'm saying? We could survive a mental illness and prosper. You know what I'm saying? So we're the ones that need to come and save this world.
3: Dude, I love it, man. I love it. You want to roll tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah a you're speaking of JR's language. Yeah,
3: there's two <laughs> things that you hear. And I love the, uh, the whole, you got to have courage to start and the commitment to follow through. I love that. I love the, uh, the chase joy instead of chasing happiness because joy is more spontaneous and you'll hit it more times. And happiness is more event related. I love that part right there, man. Yeah, you're on fire, man. Keep
2: going. So, the journaling? (laughs) You didn't say the journaling.
1: You're a big journal person. We talked about that before. We talked about
2: that. Yeah, we spoke about it. The journaling that we have, Jr. talked more behind backstage. It's just, you know, we got the pretty face today. So we're all all honored to have that face right there. But happiness, right? Like, so I agree with that. Happiness for me is short-lived, right? Joy is what's everlasting. Right in my opinion. So happiness—the way I, would de- I was able to describe happiness to myself—where I accepted what it was. I'm a beach person in New York and now in Cali, right? So when that wave crashes, that's the most beautiful sound I've ever heard in this world. It's the most therapeutic sound. But when I, when I was realizing one day I was watching the waves, I was watching, and the, the wave crashed, and it was a loud noise. And then what happened? It got silent, and the water retracted for what? So another wave could come and make another sound. So that's life. That's happiness. You're gonna get that sound. Boosh. You're going to have happiness, but then understand that that wave, whatever you're going through, is going to have to get quiet and it's going to have to retract in order to build another wave. So that's how life works. You know what I'm saying? You have happiness. Everything passes, though. This shall pass ain't just for bad shit. I'm sorry to break it to you. This shall pass happens with the good shit, too. But it has to because if we didn't have stress, life would be boring, though. Like you need stress in order to make yourself do stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, another, I'm a quote guy, right? So Buddha, I'm going to paraphrase it because Buddha's way or, you know what I'm saying? That's the dude. But like he said, what is stress, right? It's the, it's the gap between reality and expectations. So the, the more the gap, the more the stress. So your reality and your expectations, how big is that gap? Are you expecting things that aren't reality? Because what's going to happen is you're always going to be disappointed, right? So then, then the end of that quote says, accept everything, expect nothing. That right there is like, if that doesn't hit your mind right now, like just imagine, accept everything and expect nothing. So if you can learn the appreciation of everything going on around you, like I'm never here and I'm never there. Lately, I've just been like here. Right. And I think that's what like joy is. Right. Like I'm always here, like nothing. You can't get me angry. Angry is a privilege we give people. You don't get that privilege from me no more. You know what I'm saying? You call me a junkie, call me a crackhead, excuse the language, say something about my dead mother. Whatever you want to say. Fine. You got that. Because my next thing is going to be like, what are you going through right now, though? You know what I'm saying? Because. I'm not naive enough to think that I could change the world. Right. But I am confident enough. That I could become the change I want to see in this world. I am confident enough by doing that, I change my world, so therefore the world around me changes, so therefore in retrospect, I am a world changer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not meant, changing the world is not meant, in my opinion, to end world hunger. It's not to end homelessness. It's Those things are necessary. Those are in place because God's given us the opportunity because he gives us the choice of free will to make that choice to help the next person. Or are we going to make that choice and think about self-preservation? So stop asking why is there so much negative stuff in the world and start asking, how could I help to make it better? You know what I'm saying? Because that's the question he wants us to be asking. He wants us to be helping each other. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants us to help someone else on their journey and, The devil's temptation, in my opinion, is a test from God because he allows it. But when you win that test, you're getting your blessings from the source, though. You know what I'm saying? Like you ask for courage, wisdom, guidance and strength. He don't snap his finger. He's going to put you to tests that's going to make you get those things. So let's talk about tests for a second. Right. Life is a test. But life is not like a test in school, though. You don't get the lesson and then you get the test. Life, you get the test, and then, then you're supposed to learn the lesson. So the success doesn't come in passing the test. The success comes in learning a lesson from the test so you don't repeat repeat that mistake. Because if you think about it, life's a pop quiz then. And in pop in school, what's a pop quiz used for? A pop quiz is used to show you what you need to learn for that semester. A pop quiz is not meant to be passed because you don't get graded on a pop quiz when your first day of school. It doesn't go towards your grade. So therefore, it don't have value. The value is to show you what you need to learn. So now what lessons are you learning? though? No, but also be careful. Life's going to test you on how bad you say the things you want. So if you say you want something, life's going to test you on it. So be prepared. Be real careful. If you're not ready to stop doing drugs, I could fuck with you. Just say you don't want to stop, because if you say that out loud, you might not like the way it sounds. But when you say it in between these two ears, your addiction is going to manipulate that door and make you think you can't stop that. You don't have a problem. Like if why judgment like people's judgment don't matter. It's none of our business when people think about us anyway at the end of the day. That's their opinion. You know what I'm saying? If you're giving value to their opinions because you don't think good enough about yourself, so you're around the wrong people. Because whoever's in my circle, whoever's in my life, whoever's walking this journey with me, I'm out there making sure that they know they're the best, that they can be the best person they need to be today. I'm going to let them know that who they are and what they did are two different I'm going to let them know I love them because love is not a feeling. love That's what movies teach us. Love is an action. Love is doing things to spite how you feel. So I don't care where I am today. I don't care if I'm, I'm a little upset about mom. I'm gonna be there for somebody. Best believe that because I used to be relied on to be unreliable. It feels good today to be relied on by people in this world that they could reach out to me and my greatest accomplishment, I will never be able to do better than what I'm about to tell you. The fact that people feel comfortable enough to tell me their darkest secrets and let me sit with them in their darkness, I will never achieve a better accomplishment in my life. That is the greatest thing I will ever do. That's the greatest gift God could ever give me is by allowing me to sit with other addicts in their darkness and sit there with them and be there with them because I'm not going to give you sympathy. Sympathy, you're going to justify why you did was wrong Like I did I'm going to be there, I'm going to give you empathy I'm not even going to help you up though I'm going to wait for you to stand up I'm going to stand up with you Because you don't need fucking help to get up You get yourself up off that floor Because when you get yourself up off that floor You'll start walking this path And this path is done alone more than it is with other people But alone and lonely are two different things though You know what I'm saying? I used to be lonely in a, floor, a room full of people Now I could be alone and not be lonely Because I am my own best friend I do love myself today I am my own hero today and it didn't happen overnight And I, the passion that's inside of me Is because I will not fucking lose today I don't care what's going on in life. The world could be coming to an end I'm not picking up I'm going out like Jordan I'm going out like a champion
3: Hoorah <laughs> <laughs> Love it
2: man Love it dude
3: Get your breath now
2: <laughs> I, I should have been a rapper yeah, I just can't rhyme words, you know. Like I just speak. So no questions. You guys can throw some questions. Yeah, I, got a, I got you. a
3: question for you. I got a question for you. This is for, uh, um, you know, people get all wrapped up in uh, early recovery about you know the how, the the who, the what, how they're going to do all this and that. But uh, to me, the main question is the why. What is your why? Why? Do you want to be in recovery?
2: So for me, my my why as far as not giving up and motivation is my mom. You know, what I'm saying the love she gave me and the unconditional never. So that's that part. Another why is I wanted to do more than just exist in this world. I wanted to be alive and I wanted to live because in New York City, it's not that bad in Cali. Like The Walking Dead is a reality show in New York City. You know what I'm saying? That's all there is in New York City is zombies. You know what I'm saying? like So, why? That, that for me, is always changing. I will never put a cap as far as why I want to be in recovery. I want to be in recovery for everything. You know what I'm saying? I want to be here for the good times, for the bad times, for the happy times, for the sad times, the successful times, the fin- because recovery allows us To go through the hard times so we could get to the happy times. Because whenever hard times would occur when I was getting high, I got, I mean, I would get high on top of hardship. So that's why they would last. Because I had disappointment, I had shame, I had guilt. So let's talk about shame and guilt for a second. Because I, me, my perspective, right? So I look at things a little differently, right? So shame is how we feel about ourselves, right? We're a piece of shit, we're low lives, whatever, right? Guilt, though. I don't see guilt as a bad thing, though. Guilt means that we have remorse, right? So guilt means that we're looking at something we did and we know we were wrong. So we're accepting it. You know what I'm saying? We're understanding that we made that mistake. So my thing is, if you could have guilt, I can't see how you could have shame, though. Because if you're a lowlife, a degenerate, or a piece of shit, you don't get guilt. You just keep it moving. You just keep fucking over the next person, the next person, the next person with no we're poor, nothing. You just keep doing it. So if you have guilt, understand you're not a piece of shit. If you have guilt, you're not a low life. You know what I'm saying? You have remorse. That means that there's a part of your heart that's still working correctly because, you know what I'm saying, I made a video on it this morning. Like, our demons, our secrets is an anchor that keeps us at the bottom of the ocean. The only way we could swim to the top is if we get honest about it. So if you can't get honest with a person about it, then start journaling and get honest in with yourself. At least get it out on paper and read it out loud. There's something, there's an element, an energy when you say something, it manifests. I don't know why. I don't need even need to know the process. I manifested where I am today. People made fun of me in my program because I said I was going to be where I am today. People made fun of me because of my TikTok videos. People made fun of me because of my Instagram videos. Now I get paid to do TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, So it's not even about looking at them and sticking my middle finger up and, and laughing at them because that's not why I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? It's not about being like, you know, see, you were wrong about me. It's about me telling me that I was wrong about myself in the past I can do this this is about me and me like I keep saying it it's just me and me and me because that's the only person that's going to go this hard for myself is me if you're relying on other people to help you I used to do that so I could blame you for what's not going on in my life because I didn't want to do the work myself you know what I'm saying like so like everything with me is all about honesty like if you're going to judge me on how I fall and not judge me on how I get up you could kick rocks You know what I'm saying? Like my loyalty has an expiration date. If you're not sharing the same energy as me, I'm going to have to move on without you. But God doesn't want us to turn our back on people. So I'll leave the door open for you. But for you to come back in my life, you got to share the same energy as me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm real protective of my energy today. I wake up every day fighting for my life. I know what that fight takes. That's why I have so much compassion for us, addicts, whether you're using or not using. I know how much work this takes. It's not easy. But then again, we're not like I said, we're not built for easy. So, you know, to to answer the question, my whys are always changing. You know what I'm saying? Because recovery always allows new opportunities to come in your life. So every time a new opportunity, that becomes my next why. You know what I'm saying? And then my next why, and my next why. And then it's before you know it, it's like second nature. Like, you know, I, I the word I can't, I'm I, not on my vocabulary.
1: So my That's question, an since you answered that one so well, we'll take it a little bit easier Anya, Are you a sports fan? So- that's the mm-hmm. first part of the question. All right. Yes, so I am. New York. Yes. What is your favorite football team? The Jets. Don't make that face. I'm a, I'm, I'm a real fan. fan. <laughs> there's one team from New York, that true New York, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Wow, you're one oh. of those. You're one
2: oh. of those.
3: <laughs> I got to go with the J E T S Jets, 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 Jets over the Jets. Bills. Yeah, I caught a uh, Jets game while I lived up there. I saw a okay. few Yankee games too.
2: I'm a, I'm actually a Mets fan.
3: Mets fan, yeah. Saw the Mets too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed. I, it. I really enjoyed it up there. Then my then the wheels came off of my life. <laughs> Uh,
2: That happens. New York's a good place to go to during Christmas time, though. You know, Saks Fifth Avenue, the tree, you know, like if you're going to go, like, I'd rather go a week in December than go in the summer because the humidity is just super wicked. You're not even going to be able to enjoy yourself.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us what's uh, what's new one on the Sober app, man.
2: Uh, so the sober app. So for anyone that doesn't know about the app, uh, I'm partners with the founders. So Danny and Curtis, uh, you, you know, go to my Instagram page or whatever it'll be in the bio. So the sober app was created, uh, to bring all the amenities of recovery into one place, right? So how I see the Sober app, my passion for the Sober because what's great about it is that we all have a different passion for the app. We all bring a different aspect to the app. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But we're all one, which is dope, right? So my why I love the app is it brings all the amenities of recovery into one place, right? Communities, tracking, PDF books, audio books, podcasts, motivational speaking, life coaching, you know, like virtual events. So like early in recovery, you know, like, You don't want to be searching for things, but it also allows recovery to come to you because there's a lot of us out there that live in families that we can't say we're an addict. So you get a membership and you get the recovery you need from there. Meet the people you need to meet, the communities you need to meet. Or if you live in a small town in Scotland somewhere and there's no meetings, like the recovery is now being brought to you. Or if you can't afford detox, you can't afford rehab. There's licensed coaches there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, It's a place, like if I had to give a a pitch, a 10-second pitch, is we'll walk with you, we'll crawl with you, we'll laugh with you, we'll cry with you. We will walk this with you so you don't walk by yourself. Basically, that's what the app is.
1: It's a pretty good pitch. Thank you. You sold me.
3: I have a membership. There you go.
1: (laughs) I've been paying for it. I haven't tried it yet, though. I probably should do that.
2: You should to get on. There's a lot of cool stuff. They just, we just had a virtual uh, vision board event. We got uh, people that are in fitness that do these live virtual events because recovery is more, uh, you know, it's everything, you know, like for me, you don't become the person you were before drugs, right? That's not what recovery does for you, but what recovery does for you in my opinion is it allows your mind and your soul to work together. So you become wholesome. That's why I don't use the word broken and hear me out for a second, right? When something's broken, it can never be put whole again, right? Recovery allows us to become wholesome again. So it's not that we need to be fixed. We need healing though. So like things like PTSD and trauma and depression and anxiety, you can't fix those things. You need to heal from those things. Like you break a bone, right? When you break your bone, they put it in a cast. Why? So the bone can't move. So it could what? So it could heal. So we sometimes recovery, we have to stop. We have to stop moving and we got to sit through the storm because you can't change the weather with your mind. So but when you sit through that storm, you come out a different person that went in the storm. But if you don't allow yourself to sit through the storm, you're going to just keep repeating all of it. So like for me, I don't necessarily say broken. I need healing because that word broken seems like there's a lot of work that needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? I, I played word semantics with things. I was a manipulator. You know what I'm saying? So I just manipulate my manipulations if that even makes any kind of sense so but like it's it's like positive affirmations at the same day it's like how are you speaking to yourself? I'm curious. Like when you first wake up, what's the first thing that you saying to yourself? Because whatever you say to yourself, that's your thesis for the day. And you're going to look to prove that thesis right. So if you wake up and you say you hate yourself, you're going to look to prove how much you hate yourself throughout the day. But if you wake up and you say, I love yourself, you're going to wake up and you're going to show and prove to yourself that you love yourself all day long. Like it, it, it's, ba- it, it's that simple. We just complicate it. Because the biggest disease, in my opinion, in this world is overthinking. It's too much information. We got a phone that we could figure anything out so we could second guess ourselves over and over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like life was a lot simpler in medieval times and things like that because they didn't have so much information, not saying it was a better time to live or if this is worse. I'm just saying we're dealing with more mental health issues than they did then. You know what I'm saying? Because of the information at hand. So like, they're just going to keep feeding us information. That's why I'm saying, go read that book 1984 by George Orwell. And y'all understand. And homie wrote it in like, I think 68. But he's talking about everything that's going on in our lives today. So, like it, it's, like I said, I don't watch television. I'm real mindful of the conversations I have, the music I listen to. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever you are feeding your mind, it will repeat. So whatever you are feeding this, you know I'm not saying don't watch your movies and don't watch your shows. All I'm saying is it's like, what thoughts are you feeding yourself and the people around you? What thoughts are they feeding? Because one way or another, we're fighters. So don't think you're not a fighter. It's either you're fighting towards your demise or you're fighting towards your destination. Whatever, which way you go depends on your perspective, though, because you're fighting. So you might as well get paid for this shit metaphorically and literally. You know what I'm saying? Like you like it's Stop allowing. Take your demons to heaven and re- rather than making your demons take you to hell. Introduce them to heaven because the same things that held me down. My demons are the now angels and helping me fly. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just about releasing them at the end of the day. It's all about talking about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to know what you're going through. I want your experiences. I want to know your triggers. I want to know your cravings. I want to know what people you can't stay around. Because the more I learn about this disease, the more I become more prepared. The more prepared I get, the more intelligent I'm at. The more intelligent I am, you know what I'm saying, the more confident I get about myself. So, like, it's all in correlation with each other. Like, and then you could give me something that I could help the next person. Like, stop being so selfish with your story, though. Like, your story needs to be told. Tell your story.
3: Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. Okay. Um, my next question is: how do we as a I don't know if you want to say nation or or as a community win this war on addiction? Well. Yeah, that's a big one.
2: How can we win this war on addiction, right? So from my experience with treatment facilities is that we're paychecks. That's it. There, 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 is no, there is no need to help. They'll tell you something like, here's the tool. So if I gave you a hammer and you never used a hammer before, and I tell you to go figure it out yourself, that's just not going to work out too well. So they're not giving us the proper tools. They're telling us it, but they're not telling us how to learn it, right? So I had to teach myself in recovery, right? So what I learned is we need self-esteem. You need all these things in recovery. So I stopped making recovery a right or wrong thing. When you make it a right or wrong thing, everything's critiqued. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Am I doing So you're never at ease. I made recovery a falling get up thing. That's all it is. Fall and get up. When you make it fall and get up, it's kind of like Rocky and Rocky fall when he's fighting the Russian, right? And he keeps getting knocked down. What does Rocky keep doing? He keeps popping back up. What eventually happens? Drago gets discouraged because he can't knock him out. So he starts to weaken, right? So once you keep getting back up every time you fall, you are weaken the hold your addiction has on you. Because as you're falling, you're going to fall forward. You're not going to fall back. You know what I'm saying? And what's falling forward? Falling forward is learning a lesson out of anything that you make a mistake in. The only way to learn a lesson is your passion for it, though. You got to have a passion for recovery. Where does the passion come from? It comes from desperation. Desperation leads to passion. It's the same thing on a different perspective. Love and hate, same passion, different perspective. That's why you can love to hate and you can hate to love. You know what I'm saying? Like, all, all of this is in correlation. It's all related to each other. But as far as the government goes, I don't think anything that's medically ran is ever going to run improperly. It's just not the way our country works. So we, would, we have to get more in the private sector. We have to start getting people that got money and want to invest and get people that there's nothing stronger than a heart of a volunteer. You got to get people that want to volunteer for this stuff. Because then they're hard to be in it. If it becomes a business, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's many things I want to do in recovery. It will generate income. But for me, the business aspect of it is so I can help people on the mass level, I want to help it. I don't want to make the money so I could drive a Lamborghini. You know what I'm saying? Like the money is necessary. That's why I don't push the envelope. God will provide when it's my time. It's my time. It's just not my time yet. I'm okay with it. But like the private sector, I think is the only way we will really be able to address mental health. But it has to start in junior high school though. Like you you, you can't, you can't wait until kids are in college or already addicts. You got to bring it to them there because hearing and listening are two different things. Right. Hearing is to perceive to perceive sound. Listening is to put into action what you hear. So if you're able to get to these kids in elementary school and junior high school, they'll hear it. They won't listen to it because the drugs ain't present most of the times. Right. But they will hear it. So when they do need to listen to it and put into action, they'll have the tools. You need to get start with the suits, get people in there that look like us to go and speak. Because if I'm in elementary school and junior high school, I'm not going to listen to somebody in a suit. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to listen to somebody that has the tattoos, that has the face scars, that looks like a maniac. That's the person I'm going to listen to. Because as kids, that's what we're attracted to. We're attracted to chaos, violence, destruction. You know what I'm saying? That's the way of the world. That's what's on television. Look at the Looney Tunes. They beat the shit out of each other. You know what I'm saying? This is what I grew up on. But I'm just saying, like, it's drilled into to our head, we don't realize how much everything around us is so important. So in my opinion, that would be one way to address it.
1: So, and you hit on two things that I, I believe the same things, you know, I believe socio emotional learning from like elementary school, you know, we need to teach kids how to have empathy, we need to teach them mm-hmm. how to talk about their emotions, how to ask for help. Um, that's why I was saying elementary school, you know, like it, it's not just about drugs. It's not, you know, if just say no worked or telling the story of how it was awful and, you know, life sucked. If that worked, like there would be no addiction in the world because they've done that. Um, but, you know, teaching people to ask for help, teaching a plan B, teaching what to do when you make a mistake how to say sorry for hurting someone else. Mm. The other thing is, is that shame, like, you know, we teach people how to have shame hardcore. Mm -hmm. And when you teach someone to get back up and it doesn't matter how you get back up, that's, you're killing shame because people that are shameful hide Mm -hmm. and you don't want to get back up when you're ashamed. You don't want to try again when you're ashamed. So every time you get back up, you're fighting shame. And that to me is like huge if we want to ever, you know, make any dent in the amount of overdoses, the, you know, the amount of addiction in the world. It's we've got to kill shame and we've got to teach people how to f- care about each other again.
2: And uh, with with just all the money that's involved in drugs and fentanyl, like, hey, I don't, I don't want to say it can't be done, you know, because I don't put, you set limits in life, limits are present themselves, right? So I don't have a limit, but for me, it's just save that one person I can save today. You know, I'm responsible for the effort, not the outcome at the end of the day. So, like, the outcome, there's always going to be drugs. There's always going to be, a government's going to always be shrewd and, you know what I'm saying, the way our government is. But, like, we have to stop complaining about that, though. What are we doing about it? Are we building a table that we could sit at that we could help people? Or are we waiting for the government to just roll out some like stimulus money type of tables so then we could do it? Because then it's not even us doing it. And now, you know, we need to come together. We're the bus drivers. We're the cops. We're the firemen. We're the ones that are doing all the work. But yet they get to sit in them swing houses and they get to have all this power teach shit. You know what I'm saying? So like at the end of the day, fuck them. We do it ourselves. Addicts get addicts clean, addicts keep addicts clean. And that that's one of the main movements, one of the main, my, the fire and passion side of me is for that purpose. You know what I'm saying? That's why me, Danny, and Curtis were brought together. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why I'm out here every weekend speaking live. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm going places. That's why I'm talking to people, because it, it's one person at a time. One person becomes two. Two becomes four, four becomes eight, so on and so forth. You know, so stop looking at quantity and start looking at quality. It's about the quality. That's why uh, a video of a cat for seven seconds, it gets six million views. But then you'll have a video of someone saying something that's productive that could help people for 60 seconds and he gets 200 views. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the, the world we're living in. But we can't get discouraged by it. You can't. Be doing this for that. You know what I'm saying? So like it's where your heart is. What's your motive?
3: Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh we're doing some uh South Carolina recovery town halls. We just started well just started last month. And uh this Monday we're actually interviewing a senator that is running for governor. Mm. And we're gonna have probably you know a hundred recovery advocates in there. And you know it's like we are showing them that you know we're we're not just going to sit here and, and take your the scraps off the table, policies made by people that have no idea about what people in recovery need. So I totally agree with that, man. It's about when is six in South Carolina? What one month? Um, we're actually doing it June sixth, Monday, June sixth. Oh, to okay.
2: No, because in August, I don't know if you ever heard of the nonprofit Steve Wings. I think it's called. Mm-mm. if they're very small they're they're trying to open up uh rehabs because in south carolina i heard there's not many especially for medical insurance right so they're looking to start getting grants so they can start opening sober living houses and uh, ask me to actually come out there and speak at a few events but that's not until august so okay i might meet up with lc you know lc right
3: I've heard that name.
2: Recovery uh, Soul Food? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he,
2: he, right lives, right. he lives out there in South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, I believe so.
1: Okay. I posted a song in the chat. I don't know if anyone's heard it. It's It's called Just One by Matt Butler, and it's kind of like what you were saying.
2: In what way? Oh, one person matters. Oh, I got you.
1: Sing, like sing if, it for you us, if, if I can. If, if I can, can help, this one.
2: Hmm? Sing it. Give us a little. Yeah, yeah.
1: Karaoke, staying. karaoke time. Nope, I don't get paid enough for that. Uh, my volunteer um, hours don't cover that. <laughs>
3: Sometimes I wonder why why I'm paying y'all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the paycheck that we reinvest.
2: <laughs> Good answer. So, questions? You got any
3: questions? Anybody in the audience got any questions for Michael? Is he Chrissy there? Melody,
1: what was the hardest what? thing about recovery for you? Mm.
2: So far, the hardest thing was not having energy. The hardest thing was. The mind was ready to start moving, but the body wasn't, you know. Um, hardest thing in recovery. Mm, there's, I guess whatever is hard also becomes like I'm the type of person like you're as strong as your weakest link. Right. But I also think we're as weak as the strongest link. Because I think we rely on our strengths too much, so therefore we don't develop the other things that we could be developing in our lives. It's like breaking one leg, right? You put all the pressure on the other leg. By the time that leg heals, the other leg's a little messed up, right? So like for me, it was uh, finding that kind of a balance where I'm not, I don't lean on one thing too much and learn how to develop all my characteristics. You know what I'm saying? Especially early on in recovery. Um, the personal inventory, you know, like it's very important to do that, you know, and it's very important to do that with more than one person, especially if somebody actually is a real friend to tell you the truth. Because so that's what a real friend to do, a real friend to challenge you. A real friend's not going to co-sign your shit. A real friend's not going to make you con- uh, condone their shit. You know what I'm saying? A real friend's not going to condone your shit. You know what I'm saying? So like uh, it, you got to have, for me, was trusting people. And early in recovery, you know, like trusting that these people really want to help me because all my relationships were transactional and active using, you know, it's like, what could I get from you? And what could you get from me? You know, like now the relationships is, um, all have substance now, you know? So like that, I guess early on in recovery now, right now, I don't really, I don't have anything that comes across hard because where I'm at with my perspective is I my mind automatically turns to the positive aspect of it. Like, what could I learn from it? How could I get better? So, like, it's either I'm going to get better at things that I need to work on or I'm going to get better at things that I'm already doing well. That's where I'm at in recovery today.
3: Yeah, that reminds me of uh, – uh, what's it called, Actually, It's like the uh,
2: well-balanced life. Will- oh, the eight wellnesses of life? Um, I think it's you know, like a circle and has, like, eight different ones. Yeah, where you got, like, emotional,
3: physical, yes. spiritual – I remember filling that out in uh, when I did my treatment back in two thousand seventeen. And the two areas that I was I had like I was weak as hell in was uh, relationships and my spirituality because I never went to church, you know, and every relationship was was like doomed off the get-go. So those are the two my two weakest areas, and that's what I, I spent the year trying to develop. And it actually helped out because, you know, the other areas I was pretty strong in, but it's just those two areas always led me back to relapse, back to the streets, back to the drugs. So working on, I mean, like you said, you find out what your weekend work, uh, focus on those areas because some areas, you know, you're, you're doing great. in. I mean,
1: yeah, I'm it's sure we're like developing a muscle.
3: Like, you know, if you have the biggest upper body, but but if you got chicken
2: legs. Yeah, you better, you're going to look like a cartoon character. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I put the lyrics for that, like some of the lyrics for that song in the chat. That was what that was. So.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about. I said, you're just a man. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so if I can help just one, and he can help just one, and she can help just one. If we can help just one. That like. I
2: don't know. So, I got, I got a question for you guys. Go for it. So, JR, I guess you could go first. If you could go back in time and meet your younger self, what would you say? Hmm. Or what advice would you give? Or what would that look like?
3: What would that look like? <clears throat> I always thought about that, man. I mean, I don't know if I, if, if I could tell myself to stay in the military. You know, because as soon as I got out of the military, that's when that's when shit really hit the fan for me. You know, trying to trying to go to college right out of active duty. And I was like, I was so fucking lost dude. But I don't know, man. I That's like the chicken and the egg. I mean, if did I go through what I went through, Mm -hmm. become the best version of myself, which I think I am today, because I know all those other routes. Say I would have, you know, stayed in the military or 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 you know, finish my college when I was supposed to, and, you know, got, you know, got the job that I wanted, got the family, the, the, you know, the two and a half kids. But would I be happy? Would I be really this happy? That's, that's the question. And I, I I think, no, I think I, 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 people like us have to go through what we go through to become the best version of ourselves. I mean, to me, like you said, it's like a, a everyday thing. And if I could just be better than I was yesterday, then I, I, I'm doing good today. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, one shitty day is, means I have a shitty year. I don't know if I answered your question or not. You definitely but.
2: did. AG? What about you? Ashley?
1: I think I would tell myself you'll make it through. Mm. Just, just one step. Just to keep keep going because there was a lot of days that I didn't know that I would make it to the next day and I wouldn't change a single thing good or bad that got me to today because it, I, I wouldn't have everything. I wouldn't have the experiences. I wouldn't like, I'm grateful for the good and the bad. So I wouldn't change anything. So I wouldn't want to give myself advice to, to do something that might change everything. But I think I think i would tell myself you will get through it and probably believe in yourself. You are stronger than you think.
2: Great answer.
1: I I'd probably
2: say buy Bitcoin and don't bet against yeah, that's what
1: I was
3: thinking
2: too, man. I was like, man, I wish I was Bitcoin. <laughs> but uh no, like I I'm with you, JR. I don't think uh I don't think I'd say a goddamn thing. I don't even think, I think it would ruin everything. You know, like I'm with, I'm with you on it that uh, I'm like you, Ashley, like I'm grateful for everything I've been through. Like I'm grateful for the problem. and I get it. If you're going through it in the moment, you're no way going to be able to be grateful for it. But that that's just how it is. But once you're able to get to what we've gotten through. Once you're able to live in hell and walk hands with the devil and be best friends with the devil and then actually make it out because a lot of us aren't making it out. A lot of us are dying in hell. You know, like a lot of this world that aren't even addicts couldn't even walk a, a night in our shoes, let alone a full day. You know what I'm saying? And do what we had to do for the drug. And I'm not saying that, you know, First, I always like to thank the taxpaying dollars, the taxpayers in New York, because I would have never been able to go to treatment for free if they didn't pay their taxes. So, we're talking about people that never picked up a drug in their life, went to work every day, graduated school, did their life right. Their money put me through treatment to save my life. So, I always say thank you for that because I'm grateful for that. And I think we, we take it for granted how much people that don't even know us or will ever know us has actually been helping us in our lives. And we just think that we've been cursed and God hates us the whole time. You know what I'm saying? So like, I always like to say thank you to that, but like, yeah, uh, it all had to happen the way it happened to happen for me to be the best version of myself today. Like you, JR. And I'm not, I don't say I'm proud of myself. I think pride is what other people feel for us. Right? Like I'm proud of you. I say I'm honored. I'm honored to know this version of myself because in the Bible it says pride before destruction and honor before humility. Right. So like I don't have pride for myself. I have honor because that allows me to be humble with the things that are happening in my life. If I, if I say I'm proud of myself, I'm going to be doing a lot of these and I'm going to be thinking it's me that's getting my life where it is when it's not. First and foremost, it's always God, you know what I'm saying? And then it's the people he puts in my path to help me, you know? So like, it's, it's not me, you know, people like how you get to say the things you say God is doing it It's not me Because I don't think about The shit I'm saying You know like it's not You know like I just start speaking And then the the cursing comes out And the passion comes out Like you could take the New York Kid out of New York You can't take the New York Out of the kid So like I'm working on the cursing Because I'm speaking at events With little kids And I'm wilding out You know what I'm saying Like so like I'll, I'll get it down But a lot of the places I go to like Out here in Cali It's like the recovery Mecca of the world man You know like People bring their kids to N.A. Like, and let their kids sit there and learn about their disease with them. And you're talking 8, 10, 12, 15, like, that's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, growing up in the rooms, you're going to know everything you need to know about it. Like you were saying, you know, like, how do we educate them? You know, that parents are educating their kids that way, and I don't have a problem with it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the kid's got going to find out sooner or later. I mean, I had a friend. He ran uh, DJ Choices. Uh, he he was doing the middle school, high school presentations, and he was telling me that that I would be shocked by the amount of kids that come to him after the events and tell him that what they're going through at home, what they're seeing at home. I mean, and then he's like, you know, you want the the guidance counselors were were amazed at it because you know. They, you know, if you're a teacher or a principal and, and this is your school, you don't want to believe that that shit's happening yeah. under, under your watch. But that shit's happening. I mean, they're getting younger and younger and younger. I mean, we need do need some early education, at least yep. planning to see, telling the kids, you know, that, you know, it's a chance that, you know, the person to your left or the right of you is, is going to go
2: through some shit. If they make it through the shit, yeah. look to your left, look to your right, look behind you. You might two or three of them might not even be around in two, three years. Yeah, you know, like, and that's just like you said. That's the harsh reality of it. And what what is a beautiful thing is though at 22, 20 I wasn't thinking about recovery. Are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Like I was not drugs were still magical back then. Like I'm in a lot of these, you know, I travel, I go to a lot of these NA groups, a lot of these kids in there at 19, 20, 21. And I tell them, like, yo, you're my idol. Like, like I admire you. Like you have no idea, like this decision you're making, how huge it is for your reputation as your character. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't doing that. And a lot of them uh, speak to me and, you know what I'm saying, uh, I guess like an older brother type of thing. And I'm like, you guys are way stronger than I am. Because it took me to 38 to get this shit right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're in here at 20-something. Like, I can learn more from you than I think you can learn from me, to be honest.
3: Absolutely, man. That's, that's why I love when uh, I go to a meeting and, you know, people get up there and grab that white chip, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I mean, that the strength to do that at that young of an age, I mean, I didn't even know what AA or NA was until I was about
2: 48. So, I yeah. thought I had my great-grandmother. My grandfather was an addict. My father was an addict. I'm an addict. So my great-grandmother was like my grandmother because my grandmother wasn't in the picture. So when she passed away, I was like maybe 18, 19. Uh, I was very close. Her. her favorite prayer was the serenity prayer. Mm. I didn't know what the serenity prayer meant. You know what I'm saying? I'm 19. I'm not even really into she got it because of my, my grandfather, you know what I'm saying? Because he was an addict and that's the prayer. So I went and I get this tattoo on me at 19 because it was her favorite prayer. It's on my ribs. I'm on the beach, right? Guy comes up to me. He's like, yo, you're an AA? Like, A- A- the fuck is AA? He's like, yo, the prayer on your ribs. You're an alcoholic. I almost got into a fight with the guy. I'm like, what the fuck are you mean? I'm an alcoholic. You're like, I didn't know what it meant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when he's seen the prayer, cause it's right out of law, he was like, yeah. And then uh, I remember getting into an argument. I'm like, yo, get the fuck out of you crackhead. And this was way before I knew anything. Uh.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, like the other thing you talk about the kids and it's like, it's not just drugs. It's, you know it comes out in all kinds of different ways it it might not be drugs today for them it might be eating disorders it might be cutting themselves it might be i mean it comes out in a, a lot of different ways and we're not addressing it with kids and it's yeah. it's sad
3: didn't we just have this conversation on that recovery high school
1: yeah we don't fund we don't fund recovery schools. It makes no sense. It's They're the hardest thing to get funding for. The two biggest things that should have funding in this country, recovery schools and collegiate recovery chapters, because that saves lives. That keeps people from.
2: That's why it's not funded. They're, you know, they did not about that's why everything has to come from private sector has come. We got to find people that have money. But I read a comment just now. I think it was Becca or Becky. I don't mean to pronounce it. So depression, right? Depression's a tool, in my opinion, right? Depression shows us who we don't want to be and how we don't want to feel no more, right? But I think we ignore it. You know what I'm saying? Depression isn't meant to keep us down. Depression is to show us what we want to change about ourselves. You know, and the uh, same thing with anxiety. Like, anxiety is a tool. Uh, anxiety is because the body's starting to produce adrenaline, right? So it wants us to move, right? So the best remedy for anxiety is to get productive. So, like, I wake up every morning, every morning for the last... Nine months, the only time I didn't wake up with anxiety was the day after my mother passed away. And the day I came to Cali because I had jet lag, I just passed out, right? But I wake up every day with anxiety. I start getting anxiety in my dream before I wake up. I'm underneath water. I can't swim to the top. I'm in a room that's on fire and I can't escape. I got a lottery ticket and I can't cash it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's crazy anxiety. I get. I wake up with it every day. So, like, as soon as I wake up, if I say I can't do this or, oh, again, like it's going to ruin my whole day. So when I wake up, I thank God wanted to be woken up and then I get productive. Like you could ask Danny and Curtis, sometimes I'm out of the house at three in the morning taking a walk. You know what I'm saying? Or five in the morning or walking the dog or doing something because the best remedy is to get productive. So now I'm productive. From the moment I open my eyes, like what better way to start your day? So I'm actually thankful for the anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Because it's helping me wake up and become productive from the moment I open my eyes. But if you're telling yourself you can't handle it, understand the more you say something's easier said than done, guess what? It's going to be easier said than done. The more you say something's difficult, guess what? It's going to be difficult. The more you say you can't do something, guess what? The more you're not going to do it. And it's really it is that simple though. Like it, it takes time though. But if, if you could really, the brain, right? The central nervous system, what is it designed for? It's designed to keep us in a comfortable state. That's why when we're encountered to something, in, encountering something, we have five seconds before our brain makes a decision for us because we are victims to our brain. It's not like we can control our thoughts. Our thoughts control us. We got to understand that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you have five seconds to tell your brain whether or not you're going to do something. And since the brain is meant to be in a comfortable state, this is why people can't work out. Once working out starts getting difficult, if you don't push yourself through that mentally, you're going to stop. You know what I'm saying? And that's all it is. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't put yourself through them doors mentally within those five seconds, your brain going to keep you in a comfortable state. And what was a comfortable state for me? Getting high. Getting high allowed me to be comfortable, allowed me not to deal with my feelings, allowed me not care about the world, not care about the things I was doing. That was me being comfortable because discomfort would have been fighting back. Discomfort is dealing with your issues and getting. You know what I'm saying, learning how to become better. That's not comfortable, but that's where the growth is. There is no growth in being comfortable. So if it's comfortability that you're looking for, get comfortable with being discomfort, and then you'll be able to really do some things in life. Well,
1: and I think be, you know sometimes you have to be clear on too, like motivation for one person might look different than motivation for another person somebody like for you it might be hitting the payment, doing this this and this for another person it might just be going on a walk just the fact you got out of bed is maybe just picking up your phone and calling you know if you you know calling someone and telling them hey i'm struggling with this that might be you know everybody deals with things differently and they're you know but getting stuck in that moment is not helpful. I think I just want to be clear so that people.
2: It's always, whatever I say is just, uh, what works for me. So like, you know, I think that's what we should all do. We should all just say what's working for ourselves. So we just nitpick and take a little bit from everybody. Cause there's really not one specific, uh, way of doing this you know and that's the beauty about it but yeah i just uh what works for me works for me like that's why i'd love to turn with my recovery could kill you and your recovery could kill me but it's the conversation like you know the connections like you guys said that really works best though
1: yeah and for me i'm the same like i'm kind of like you i have to like get motivated and like have you know a passion like i need to go full force like If I stop, then like, but like I said, everybody's built differently. So, and, you know, I'm the, I deal with a lot of mental health disorder stuff. So I've just had to be, (laughs) you know.
3: Ashley's president of NAMI, Florida.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: So what's one of the life achievements that you've been able to accomplish in recovery that you might have thought you never were gonna be able to while in after addiction?
1: Jay, are you going first?
3: you can, you can feel this one first or hmm.
1: I don't know. like I wasn't one of those types of people that like had my life like dreamed out. like not even like the you know how girls like up. Oh, they're going to get married to this type of person and they're going to have this career. And that's like, no.
2: So I can reframe it. What's something that you've been able to accomplish in recovery that if you were using, you wouldn't have been able to accomplish.
1: um, I got into business school. Um, So I'm in graduate school for my MBA right now. Um, And during the admission interview, I was able to be completely honest about, being a person in long-term recovery. And they asked me what I would be able to bring to the campus and, you know, to the program. And, you know, that threw me for a loop and I was able to answer, you know, there's gonna be, these are gonna be business leaders. They're gonna, you know, either deal with addiction themselves or they're gonna have employees that deal with it, um, family members, and I'm gonna be able to show them that recovery is possible. And just be, to be able to be honest about who I was in my past, like that I would have never done that before recovery.
3: Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, beyond the uh, the, the basic ones, like, you know, getting, you know, back in your family and all of that, you know, one of my, uh, I don't know if this would be ego. <laughs> But getting hired at the same hospital of my, as, as my last arrest—I mean, that to me, that's uh, that's one of the things I, I take with me to work every day. Is like I shouldn't even be here, but here I am, a federal employee. I guess uh,
2: ego, ego without arrogance is confidence. So I say, I think you're just—you know—you're you're very confident now because you got that job.
3: Yeah, and and you know I'm great. I am so grateful. I mean, I show up every day, so. <laughs> You know, I I go to work with a chip on my shoulder. Like, you know, it, one of my coworkers asked me one time, he "goes Why are you always so happy?" I was like, "Because I shouldn't be here." Facts. I mean, I mean, I I I don't didn't have the luxury of the easy way in. I had to take the hard way.
1: <laughs> and that's and, why you're happy,
3: though. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I tell. Like, uh, I was identifying when you were talking about pain. I was like. That's what I used in my early recovery to get me out of bed every morning at five o'clock before the sun c- came up to walk to a, the nearest bus stop, which was like a mile away, to take three buses to get the treatment, to get the, you know, my work therapy. I mean, to me, it it, it just built the inner strength in me because, you know, I always told myself when I, whenever I, the negative thoughts started trying to kick in, when I'm walking in the early morning and it's raining on me, I'm like, you put yourself in this, buddy. You got to own it. And I just kept kept on with the mission, and then it all it all you know God's God's timing, it all worked out for me.
2: So Sense. I read a comment about relapse just now. Um, so my my personal opinion, right? Uh, it happened, right? It's over with. Whatever you bring into today after your relapse is your choice. You know what I'm saying. And I say this with compassion because I've been there. I was a chronic relapser. If you choose to be mad at yourself, your addiction's winning. Your addiction is making you want to be mad at yourself to make you think like there's something wrong with you. The relapse happened. That's why I was saying this is a and get up and thing and not a right or wrong thing. If you make this right or wrong, that relapse is gonna make you think like your recovery's not working. You know what I'm saying? And that's not the case. You make this a fall and get up thing. If you get up, your recovery is still working, even though you just fell. That's why it's not right or wrong. And that's why this is fall and get up. Because they say it's you got it's part of people's stories and whatever like that. Like this is a journey. It's going to uh, for the rest of us. That relapse could be a slip up, though. For it to be a relapse, you got to keep getting high on top of it, though. That's the difference in my opinion, right? So, like, you could have had a slip, but if you want to call it a relapse and be mad at yourself and maybe keep you, then it becomes the relapse. It's a slip-up. And when you slip, what do you do? You get back up. That's all you got. You got to get back up and stop. Don't be mad at yourself and just keep going. It's the next best choice. That's all this shit is, man.
3: Yeah, definitely. Don't beat yourself up off of a relapse. I mean, it's only a a fail if you don't get back up. Yep. I mean, because I'm not a white chip wonder. I mean, I, I – I relapse hard. I re- my last relapse was five months and four felonies.
1: So, and Robin, I saw the comment that you said you hated yourself, and I've been there, and I can promise you that there's a reason that you're here, and you have value, and you have the potential to do amazing things. So whatever happened, use it. Yeah, use it to be different tomorrow, or right now.
2: I think God puts us through certain pain and certain struggles where in the moment we feel like we don't succeed because there's people out there that can't get through that moment alone, but we can. So he's going to put you through that relapse or slip up. So someone's coming up in your life that you're going to be able to prevent them from making the same mistake you just made. Because you're going to get through this mistake. You're going to get up. You're going to keep fighting because that's what us addicts do. We keep getting up and we keep fighting. Even in active addiction, we kept getting up and getting using. Well, in recovery, we keep getting up and we keep fighting. It's the same mindset on a different perspective, right? So, like, there's someone's going to come in your life, and you're going to be able to help prevent that relapse and maybe save a life. So, like, there's value in what happened. Where you find the value, though, is wherever your perspective is going to look at the situation.
3: Yeah, definitely wouldn't be getting down on my on yourself there, Robin. I mean, you're you're here watching a recovery uh, live stream, so you your heart's in the right place. You just need to you know figure out what's tripping yeah. you up, and then say uh, little. Who's that? Curtis.
1: What yeah. up, team? How what's are you? What's up,
3: my brother? What up? How you doing uh, out there,
0: Where's Carl tonight?
3: Carl a surgery. He's recovered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are yeah. you guys? Good, man. How's things out there? Things I are all those pictures you guys posted, uh, was it today?
0: Uh oh yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been we've been we've been so go 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 with so many events, it's insane. Ah, dude. We're just working on our own event, That uh, our first actual live event with uh Inspire to Inspire, the Sober App, and we're teaming up with uh, Pro Recovery
3: Power. So that's gonna be in July. In July? Yeah, send yeah. me the information, man. I might be able to come out there. Why out, out here, there? man? We got, we got yeah. an extra room. Yeah, we Dude, got a I've, room I've, for you. I've got the vacation time saved up, man. Get out here, buddy. Yeah. we do a uh, we, we'll live out there.
0: It's California, sun. We'll go to the beach, spend a week out here. Let's do it.
3: Yeah, man. You're all invited. Uh, uh, I'll get my uh, – we'll just make sure Carl doesn't bring his Speedos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I think 7.30. Yeah.
1: Hey, Robin, if you want to reach out to me and talk, feel free to send me a message.
3: Well, guys, I really enjoyed the night, man. I'm glad I came on.
2: I'm glad I am glad uh, I got to see you come out of retirement.
3: Yeah, man. I don't do this for just anybody now.
2: I, I heard. I was told, you know, like that's why the smile is on my face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> AG thought she was going to have the show to herself. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, you knew you were coming because I wasn't going to be by myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was teasing them in the thread when they were asking me if I was going to be around. I was like, yeah, I might be around.
2: Yeah, we'll see uh, what happens. You know? Let me know five minutes before I'll let you know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, I hope to see more of you, man.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, I ain't going nowhere. As long as hey. he wakes me up, my mug would be on that social media talking my shit. Good, man, good. Good shit, buddy, good shit.
1: Yeah, I want to know where to buy the... The gear.
2: Uh, so on my, uh, I guess. So if anybody listening, my Instagram is uh, Mike M I K E Fiore F I O R E one one eight. On my Instagram, in the bio, you'll see the whole collaboration between Inspire and Inspire and a recovery clothing provider out here called Stay Stopped. Stay Great brand. Jackson. Yeah, Jack, that's my guy. Jackson's my number nice. one guy. So uh, he's also, there's also a collaboration between Danny and her Hack company called Clarity Caps with Jackson that's coming out. Um, but in my bio, you could hit, you know, we have the, the stay inspired to inspire line. And then you have to inspire with, you know, the two exponent for the inspire to inspire um anything that we make from it goes into a pot for outreach work none of it's going in our pockets we're just going to keep flipping it to keep making the clothing and just keep making money so we can do uh, outreach events uh if you're on tiktok inspire the number two inspire underscore um but yeah if you guys need to reach out reach out i'm always available well, thank,
1: thank you so for much for tonight. being here
2: it was a pleasure. I finally got to get on, you know, one of the top shows, you know. This is, uh, I'm writing my journal tonight. I got to see JR's face. I was on Recovery Revolution Every Live. It was a good day.
3: It was a damn good day. Damn good show. And I'm sure Brett uh, is still there somewhere. He should be done. He's milking the clock now. I'm still now. here, man. He's milking He's the there. clock. I'm here. Brett, you want to take us out, buddy? Sure.
0: I would love to. Oh, and I missed my cue. I had this cute picture of Carl
1: recovering.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Carl, we wish you a speedy recover, a recovery. recovery. There you go. Thank
0: you.
2: Yeah, we know what you meant.
0: All right, guys. So if you are watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications so you know when we go live. If you guys haven't figured it out yet, it is every Thursday night, different time depending on your time zone. But for me, it starts at 7 p.m. Central. If you guys want to send us a voice message, you can go to speak to us slash RRL and leave us a voice message and we can play that on the show. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, feel free to leave those there. Mike mentioned it a little while ago, the Sober app. It's available on Apple and Android. So if you guys are looking for a place to connect, get some Sober content, podcasts, audiobooks, coaches, all kinds of stuff, be sure to check that out. And we thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. We'll be back on Thursday. So uh, thank you to everybody. Thank you, Mike, again, for coming on the show, man. We appreciate it. And remember, thanks for having me. Progress, not perfection. 100%.
2: only thing that brings happiness. I usually like to end it with a quote. Uh, The quote I live by. This is my most favorite quote. It's by Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is taken. All right. Being yourself is more than enough. The odds of life becoming is 400 trillion to one. Go to Vegas and bet against those odds and see how many times you're going to win. So once you were born, you were already defining the odds. If you live through a, uh, addiction, you're already defining the odds because our story is lying. What we overcome, not what we've done. So tell your story. Someone needs to hear your story. You know Someone needs to hear your struggle so they can get through theirs. Love you.
3: Love you, buddy.